and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Every day we stand in an epic spiritual battle between good and evil, and safety is of the Lord. This is Truth Dealer Radio. Warning believers to wake up and be sober. Encouraging believers to stand on the word of God. And motivating believers to be truth dealers. With a bold witness for Jesus Christ in these end times. And now the host of Truth Dealer Radio, Brian Moonen. It's Truth O'Clock. Praise God. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio. Or no matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. I'm Brian Moonen. I'm sounding the alarm, asking you to wake up and join the battle for truth. Of course, the truth is God's word. And the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, Hebrews 4.12. Again, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about the truth about hell. The truth about hell. There are many false doctrines being promoted about hell and what hell is and what hell is not. So Pope Francis, the wicked false prophet of the Catholic Church, Jorge Bergoglio, is his real name, I guess. I don't know. And that could be his real name, or I don't know. It could just be his Jesuit name. Recently said this. He was quoted in an Italian newspaper called La Repubblica. His unholiness said this, quote, There is no hell. There is the disappearance of sinful souls. End quote. That's wrong! So it's not shocking that his unholiness agrees with all these other false denominations, false cults, with their false Christs and their false doctrines, as they're all under him, anyway. The Latter-day Saints, the Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, Catholicism, Seventh-day Adventists, these are all groups that have false doctrines, they have a false Christ, and they also have a false definition of hell. So the Bible teaches clearly that hell is everlasting fire. Hell is damnation. Hell is torment forever and ever. Hellfire is not quenched. It is everlasting. The Bible teaches that God is to be feared and that God casting you into hell is a fearful thing. The Bible also teaches that people will be aware in hell. They will be aware of their torment. And most importantly, the Bible teaches that God is holy and just. And that's what we're going to focus on towards the second half. But God is holy. God is just. Everything he does is right and just. God has every right to punish how he sees fit. And the Bible is clear all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament that God does punish sin. He punishes iniquity. And we're going to see from the scriptures why so-called annihilation, there's in the cults, they teach that the soul is just annihilated and that people don't really suffer. They just cease to exist. Not much of a punishment. There's no torment there. There is no suffering. There is no fire, feeling any fire. There's no burning. Okay, and these are all things that are described clearly in the Bible, even by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And 
ceasing to exist is not really something to fear. And the Bible is clear, our soul doesn't cease to exist. And we'll all be judged. We're all going to be raised and judged. John 5 says some to life and some to damnation. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Jesus said that it's everlasting fire and it, he also said that it's everlasting punishment. Matthew twenty five forty one. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Matthew twenty five forty six. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. See, there's two destinations. There's only two destinations. And they're quite different. But they're both eternal, everlasting, everlasting fire. Matthew eighteen eight. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed, rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. Okay, that means it never ends. And we know, we're going to find out, those that are in hell, hell is going to give up the dead at the end of the millennium. And all those that were in hell, all the dead will be cast into the lake of fire. So you're going to have a change of address if you're lost. You're going to go from hell into the lake of fire, which is more like just a permanent version of hell. I'm not saying it's better or worse. It's just, it's eternal. It's everlasting. That's what this verse teaches. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Why would it matter if you're just going to be destroyed and you're not going to feel it? Or if you're just going to have a little pain, then eventually it'll be like, that's enough. That's not what Jesus Christ taught. When you reject God, when you reject Jesus Christ, the punishment is hell. You do not get out of hell. You don't escape. You don't get paroled. You don't get probation. Hell is damnation. Matthew 23, 33. Jesus said this, Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Hell is torment forever and ever. Revelation 20, 10 through 15. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. 
and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Okay. So that teaches it's everlasting. Because they're going to be moved from hell to the lake of fire. So hell has somewhat of an ending, but overall, it's everlasting. Otherwise, that's a lie, and Jesus doesn't know what he's talking about. They're going to be cast into the lake of fire. It's everlasting fire that cannot be quenched. It can't be put out. And it's punishment. It's punishment. And remember, our God is a consuming fire. Deuteronomy 4.24 says, For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. In Hebrews 12.29, For our God is a consuming fire. And our life is eternal. God, we're going to be in the presence of God. And it says, these wicked are not going to be able to stand in the presence of God. To them, it's like a fire that consumes them because they're all chaff. They have no righteousness. So that fire that's kindled by God's wrath, according to the Old Testament, will consume them everlasting. Psalm 21.9, Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. And it talks multiple times in Ezekiel, where God calls it the fire of my wrath. The lost are under the wrath of God. They're under God's condemnation. They're under the wrath of God. That is not going to change after they die. They're not going to escape that. They're not going to escape what Jesus warned about. It's true. It's going to happen. They will not be able to stand in the judgment. They will be cast into the lake of fire, outer darkness. They will not share in the light. They will have their part in the lake of fire. That means they will partake in it. They will partake in that cup of God's wrath. All the different verses that talk about that. It's not a temporary issue. Psalm 68, 2. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire. So let the wicked perish at the presence of God. 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 8-9 through 9. In flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. They're not going to be able to withstand his presence. It's going to burn them. They have no righteousness. They're going to be judged according to their works, it says. And their works is nothing but chaff. So they're going to be fully burned up, fully consumed. There's nothing there. There's nothing left that's holy that can enter in to God's kingdom. They're going to be burned up. They're going to be consumed. And it's going to be everlasting because God's presence is everlasting throughout eternity, world without end. Amen. That's why it's so important to reach the lost. It's not purgatory. It's not a temporary thing. And then it ends. Because once eternity commences, there's no going back. It's eternal or it's nothing. And this says they're going to be cast into the lake of fire. At that moment, that's at the beginning of when eternity is going to commence. And it doesn't say they're going to be 
come to an end there. It says the fire can never be quenched. It's damnation. It's punishment. And it's just. It's what they deserve. They're getting the recompense of their own sin and their rejection of Jesus Christ brought back upon their own head. That's what they're getting at that moment in time. Because God's grace is extended to the whole world. Romans 1 is clear. They're without excuse. God said that they're without excuse. They can see in creation. God has sent his word throughout the whole earth. And those who are seeking truth, God will let them find the truth. James 4.8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Isaiah 55.6, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Seek the Lord while there is still time. It's imperative to reach the lost because there is eternity at stake. Revelation 21.6, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And that's the lake of fire that we just read about. And the Bible says, they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever in that lake of fire. They're going to be tormented in the lake of fire. Hellfire is not quenched. That's another way of saying it's everlasting. Jesus Christ taught this in Mark chapter 9, verse 43 through 48. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. Now, Jesus Christ repeated that three times just in that verse alone. It's in some of the other Gospels as well. But he repeated it three times. The fire is not quenched. Their worm dieth not. It's a supernatural environment of punishment. And this is where Jesus Christ was referring and making a reference to the Valley of Hinnom. Second Chronicles 33, verse 6. And he caused his children to pass through the fire. This is talking about Manasseh, the king, was one of the most wicked kings that ever lived. And he caused his children to pass through the fire in the Valley of the Son of Hinnom, it's also referred to in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 32, 35. 
and they built the high places of Baal, which are in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to cause their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire unto Molech, which I commanded them not. Neither came into my mind that they should do this abomination, to cause Judah to sin. And it's also written of, in Isaiah 66, 24, which is speaking of the future, which will come to pass. For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain. And it shall come to pass, that from one new moon to another, and from one Sabbath to another, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord. And they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. For their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. And that is that spot out out of the east gate when you're approaching up to come to Jerusalem, where the fire is not quenched. It's the place where they would burn the refuse and all the contaminated garbage and things and bodies and all kinds of evil. All the children were passed through the fire there and all the evil, wicked history of that spot that goes back to ancient times. And this prophecy here is saying that when the nations come up to worship God, they're going to see into that place of torment somehow. Somehow it's going to be some kind of a warning for them, and God will actually get the glory for that. It says that he will receive glory due unto his name because of that. We'll be right back on Truth Dealer Radio. Since 2016, KJV Prepper has been providing quality, original Christian apparel and gear that will witness to non-believers and encourage believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. All designs are original, and all apparel is printed here at the KJV Prepper Workshop in beautiful upstate New York. Visit kjvprepper.com for effective Christian apparel, worn to worn. Welcome back to Truth Dealer Radio. Unlike his unholiness, Pope Bergargoyle, God is holy. God is to be feared. God casting you into hell should be a fearful thing for the lost. And this is what Jesus Christ taught. Luke 12:4 And I say unto you my friends be not afraid of them that kill the body and after that have no more that they can do but I will forewarn you whom ye shall fear fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell yea I say unto you fear him well if it was just annihilation like the seventh day adventists teach why would you fear it it just means you sin all you want and the party's over I have people I used to work with in the television industry. They were self-proclaimed atheists, and that's what they believed in. They just said, well, when you die, that's it. There's nothing. You cease to exist. That's exactly what they believe. They don't believe in any punishment or in any heaven or hell. You go out of existence. So what is there to fear there? What is there to fear? I'll answer it for you. There's nothing to fear there. That's why they don't have a problem believing it. That's why they make things like this up, because it's soft shoe. It's lukewarm. It's weak. It doesn't really scare anybody. 
It doesn't sound judgmental. That's why. What is there to fear? You die, then Jesus wakes you up and says, You're wrong, bozo. Now I'm going to annihilate you. Bye. And then you stop existing. No suffering, no punishment, none of the things Jesus Christ warned about, because he didn't know what he was talking about. There's no fear there. Well, it's Antichrist, and I rebuke that false doctrine. The Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It is, and it will be. And it will be as Jesus Christ said it will. They will burn in hell. They will be punished in everlasting fire, everlasting destruction. And they will be sorry that they rejected the Son of God. But it will be too late. And Bergargoyle can say anything he wants, but it's a lie. Psalm 119, 119. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross. Therefore, I love thy testimonies. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgments. God's righteous judgments are to be feared. Revelation 16, 7. And I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, True and righteous are thy judgments. God is true and he's righteous. He's holy. Everything he does is just. Jesus Christ is the just one. He created all living things. He created the universe. He spoke everything into existence. He died on the cross for our sins. So if hell is an inconvenient thought, you need to repent. Because everyone who goes to hell is guilty of sin. But Jesus Christ suffered and felt torment and died on the cross. And he never sinned. And God knows what that feels like. But those who go to hell are guilty before God. They're condemned because they reject the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, maranatha. 1 Corinthians 16.22 Let them be accursed. They will get what's coming to them at that final moment. Be not envious of the wicked. They might get away with this and that here in this life. So we think, while they live through their miserable days, because they're just lying, they're running from God, they're not really happy. But even in the end, God will catch up to them. They will be judged. If they don't repent and believe the gospel, they will be judged. They will go to hell. And they won't get out. They won't just be snuffed out. They will suffer and burn in hell. Like Jesus said they would. Now Jesus told a true story, not a parable, of the rich man and the beggar. Luke sixteen twenty three. Through 24, and in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Just like Jesus said in other places, torment weeping and gnashing of teeth, flames. And this man is aware of where he is. 
He's not confused. He's not in a coma. He's not in the twilight zone. He knows where he is, and he knows he's not getting out. And he's crying, it says. And he cried. He's, we, he's yelling and crying. I'm not going to imitate it here because I'll tweak my microphone. But all he wants is one drop of water on his tongue because he's in so much pain and suffering. And that's still what he wants because he's still there. That should sober you and that should give you the fear of the Lord. And if you don't believe in hell, you need to wake up and repent. Because you're not doing anybody any favors by being lukewarm about this doctrine. This is serious. This is talked about more times in the Bible than heaven is. That's a fact. God loves us enough to warn us about it. So don't play like it's not fair or it doesn't make sense. God is just. Everything God does is just and right and true and holy. Praise God. Deuteronomy 32, 4. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. Praise God. Isaiah 45, 20. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, ye that are escaped of the nations. They have no knowledge that set up the wood of their graven image, and pray unto a God that cannot save. Tell ye, and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me, a just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear. Amen. God is just. He's the only true God and Savior. Look unto me, and be ye saved, he says. Revelation 15, 2. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire. And them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord? And glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. Amen. And God is exalted in judgment, the Bible teaches. This is one of the last points. God is exalted in judgment. Isaiah 5.14 Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp. And he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. And the mean man shall be brought down. And the mighty man shall be humbled. And the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled. But the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment. And God that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness. See, God gets the glory when the wicked are judged. That's all there is to it. 
God is exalted in judgment because he's 100% righteous. Psalm 9.16, the Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Hegeon, Selah, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. Selah. I also just need to point out again that Revelation 14, verse 10 through 11, says that the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest, day nor night. No rest. Isaiah fifty-seven twenty through 21 But the wicked are like the troubled sea, when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. No rest. That's forever. That's not a specific judgment just for the people who took the mark of the beast. That's the wrath of God abiding on them, those who didn't believe. Those who believe not are condemned, and the wrath of God abideth on them. That doesn't stop when they die. They're raised to the judgment. They're hurt by the second death. The Bible teaches the second death will hurt. That's because it's not annihilation. It's just the beginning. It's not the ending. It will be the final judgment, but it doesn't end there. They're going into eternal damnation where the fire will never be quenched. Please love people enough to warn them about that. Please don't play games with semantics, twist words around. Say, I think this, I, it might mean that. Really, really warn people, you know, study it some more. and Get away from the cult doctrines that teach you not to worry about how, teach us it's just just a temporary thing or it's annihilation or it's sleep no second death hurts revelation 2:11 says he that hath an ear let him hear what the spirit saith unto the churches he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death praise god for his redemption For his Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who took the punishment for us so that we would not have to withstand and be punished. What is the cross needed for if there is no hell? Wages of sin is death, but death is going to be raised and cast into the lake of fire. The Bible teaches that. I read that a few minutes ago. Death is not the end. And God is not about unjust weights and balances. Now, hell and the lake of fire might not be exactly the opposite of life, eternal life with God in heaven, but it's a just weight and balance, and it's on the other side of the scales. If you're on that side of the scales, you need to reach out to the Lord and ask Him to forgive you of your sins and get onto this other side of the scales where everything is paid for by Jesus and His work. Or you're going down, and you're never getting out. You're going down into hell. 
that other side of the scales go right down, split how wide open. Many are, are there. Many are there right now. And they are aware of the fact that that's where they belong because they know they rejected truth. They rejected the times they had to seek the Lord while they were alive. They mocked. They scoffed. They rejected the preachers and the family members and the neighbors and the people that tried to reach them for Jesus Christ. They said, no, I'm all good. But now they're in hell and they can't get out. Where their worm dieth not. And the fire is never quenched. It's never quenched. It's never quenched. That's why it's called eternal damnation. Everlasting fire. I'm going to read an excerpt from a book called The Kingdom of the Cults. There's a section about the Seventh-day Adventist cult. And it's teaching about the New Testament Greek. Matthew 5.22 and 10.28 Whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. And fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. It says, In both passages, the Greek word Gehenna portrays a place of punishment for the unsaved. Gehenna originally meant the Valley of Hinnom, and that's why I read those verses earlier. A garbage dump that smoldered perpetually outside Jerusalem. The rabbis believed that punishment after death could be likened to Gehenna and often threatened their people with the punishment after death. The Lord Jesus Christ, however, pointed out to the unbelieving Jews that those who rejected him could look forward to everlasting Gehenna. In Matthew 10.28, he coupled Gehenna with Apollomai, which there's Greek lexicon defines as to be delivered up to eternal misery. Gehenna then symbolizes eternal separation and conscious punishment for the spiritual nature of the unregenerate man. This eternity of punishment is also taught in the Old Testament, for their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched. Isaiah 66, 24, which we also read earlier. The Bible teaches that unregenerate mankind will suffer the eternal wrath of God and must undergo destruction and ruin of their original function, which was to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. But the human spirit created in the image of God, Genesis 1, 26-27, remains intact, a spiritual entity of eternal existence capable of enduring eternally the righteous and just judge. And I just want to also want to add that so many of the early church fathers, early Christians, taught this doctrine that hell is eternal damnation, described everlasting fire, and said that people who do not accept the Lord Jesus Christ, will be damned forever. So that's a sober warning. Don't twist the word of God and don't be deceived by cults with a false Christ and their twisted doctrines. It's wonderful to study the Bible and we have to compare scripture with scripture to form a doctrine. We can't just say, this verse says destroyed, so that means they're annihilated. The wages of sin is death, and death will be delivered up into the lake of fire. 
and the fire will never be quenched. That's Bible doctrine. That's comparing scripture upon scripture and giving one cohesive thought, especially when you take into consideration the cross and why Jesus had to die. He took punishment and he didn't deserve it. He suffered and he didn't deserve it. The people in hell are getting the recompense of their own wickedness brought back upon their own head. All they that hate me love death, God says in his word. All they that hate me love death. You can't serve two masters, Jesus said. You'll either love one and hate the other, or hate one and love the other. All those who love the Lord Jesus Christ are saved. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts through the Holy Spirit by God's grace. All those who hate the Lord love death. The wages of sin is death. They will reap what they sow. They will go to hell. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, Maranatha. 1 Corinthians 16.22 So there's the contrast. It's a solid Bible doctrine. There's two roads. There's only one way that leads to life. Jesus Christ. There's the broad way that leads to destruction. Not annihilation. Everlasting fire and punishment and torment. That's what Jesus said. And the way, the life, and the truth is through him only. He's the door. He is the life. He has the living water. He is the truth. All the other ways lead to hell. The wages of sin is death. And death will be delivered up and cast into the lake of fire. Proverbs 8.36 says, But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. People in hell are there because of their own sin. Don't you dare accuse God, who is holy and righteous and just, of not being fair, because people will burn in hell forever, while his children, who received his son, will be with him in eternal life forever. They're getting their own works back upon their head. You reap what you sow. Second Chronicles 6.23 Then hear thou from heaven, and do, and judge thy servants, by requiting the wicked, and recompensing his way upon his own head, and by justifying the righteous, and giving him according to his righteousness. Psalm 7.16 His mischief shall return upon his own head, and his violent dealing shall come down upon his own pate. Obadiah 1.15 For the day of the Lord is near upon all the heathen. As thou hast done, it shall be done unto thee. Thy reward shall return upon thine own head. And thank God for his mercy that he sent his word. As a message to the world, he sent his only begotten son to die for our sins, to take our place to be the only propitiation, the only payment for our sin. And then he raised him by his glorious power. Jesus was crucified. He died. He was buried, according to the scriptures, according to the prophecies. And on the third day, he rose again from the dead. And he's going to come again and judge. And all things will be fulfilled. 
at the perfect timing that the Father knows. But you better get your house in order and you better believe what the Bible says about hell and about sin and about God and his holiness. As I've said before, God doesn't play. Thank you for listening. Truth Dealer Radio is listener supported. If you want to support Truth Dealer Radio, there is a way to do that at truthdealer-radio.com. I'll be tuning in again next time. God bless you. Truth Dealer Radio. No matter what time zone you're in, it's Truth O'Clock. TruthDealerRadio.com. You keep talking about Jesus. Some folks out there just might be listening.